Welcome everyone to We Have Issues, our weekly comic book podcast that opens the vault, feels the boom, weathers the aftershock, and marvels at every issue released this week. I'm your host, Keith, and I'm on my, oh, on my lonesome today. Josue is not able to make it this week, but I'm going to check in with you guys for a quick rundown of all the books that came out this week. As always, we don't start with those reviews, we start with a little bit of comic book news. Uh, so I'm happy to go over all this with you guys. Quite a few things to talk about this week. First of all, uh, one of my favorite books of all time, Good Omens, coming from Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman, has been announced that it's going to be coming to comics via Colleen Duran. Uh, it's very exciting. Colleen is a good friend of Neil Gaiman's and works with with them constantly. I'm really excited about this. I'm, I'm a big fan of the book, as I said, and... Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We got a little bit of concept art in the announcement, and I'm very here for this. Uh, I'm really, really excited. I, I can't express this enough, and I cannot wait for season two of the show either. So let me know if you guys are excited about this as well. Um, I'm very, very anticipa- anticipatory of it, as I might say. So yes, uh, but I love everything Neil Gaiman does and Terry Pratchett. So it's just a combination of two of my favorite people. So once again, let me know what you think. Secondly, uh, there is a lawsuit in Florida currently working to overturn the book bans that have been going through Florida as of late. Um, this is really cool. I'm, I'm really excited that people are taking legal action. They really need to. Um, it's been absolutely ridiculous. Um, and it's all just a political stunt, obviously, uh, for Ron DeSantis to make him make his name and help him run for president and stuff. But it's, it's bullshit. It's complete and utter bullshit. And I have no problem saying that. So I'm very happy to see that people are trying to overturn the book ban and more all the luck to them. I really hope they do well. So uh, secondly, this is some big news coming out of Image. Image has switched their distribution from Diamond to Lunar. And for those who don't know, that's huge. Uh, Diamond has slowly but surely been losing business over the past couple years. And that's yet another <laughs> company that's left though. And they basically, all they have left is Boom, Dynamite, Ablaze, Titan, Aftershock, and Frank Miller Presents. I mean, there's not a lot left there. Aftershock's having problems of their own. Um, most of the others don't have, you know, a huge amount of books. They're very much niche books, uh, with Boom and Dynamite probably being the big exception. So, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, It's very interesting, and, you know, it's just a reflection of the fact that Diamond had a monopoly for so long and did nothing with it. They didn't they didn't make things better. They really got lazy. They got really lazy and didn't like try to try to innovate at all. They really just let it go. And it's a, it's a crying shame, um, you know, because they, they're a very important name in a lot of people's comic history, even if you don't know it. But, you know, if, if you don't innovate, if you don't do what's right for the, your business partners, you're going to lose them. So I'm very curious to see uh, how it works out with Lunar. Uh, DC has been pretty good distribution. Um, I'm not sure if that means that we're going to start getting image books on a Tuesday like we do DC. Maybe so. I'm not sure. Um, that would be very interesting. I'm curious. So let me know what you guys think. And if you've heard anything other than that, I would be very interested to hear. I do only have one bit of DC news this week, but it is something pretty interesting. Um, Mike Carlin, uh, Superman editor from DC, is retiring after 37 years. Uh, Mike has been basically with superman forever um including all the way back to the death of superman and it's it's just really interesting it's it's definitely a a period of time or you know he he is a period of time for dc and seeing him move on is very interesting 
Uh, I'm very curious to see, you know, if this is going to be changing up any time at all. I really enjoy the Superman books right now. Uh, I've made that very clear as someone who does not read Superman. I really enjoyed every Superman book and I'm buying them all right now. So um, I'm very curious to see how that's going to innovate, how it's going to change and uh, where we're going to go. Who's going to be in charge now? And I'm very, very curious. I think it's going to be in a very interesting and potentially very creative era for DC. So best of luck to Mike Carlin from his retirement from DC. Now we're going to talk about Marvel a bit. Uh, a couple action figure news, things I'm really excited about. Uh, Hasbro has announced a couple things, including um, Marvel Legends figures for Nighthawk and Blur from the Squadron Supreme. Uh, I really, really like these. Uh, the two-pack for them is uh, priced at $50, which is quite a bit. But I do really like the Squadron Supreme quite a bit. And I would normally say I'm definitely going to get these. However, then I saw the next article, which is uh, the West Coast Avengers bundle. <laughs> It's a five-pack with Tigra, Spider-Woman, Mockingbird, Iron Man, and Hank Pym out of costume. It's exclusive to Amazon. It's $125, and I might have to get this. Um, I love the West Coast Avengers. I always really loved them growing up. They were my Avengers for a long time. I love Iron Man in the Silver Centurion armor with the red and the the silver. Really like that. Um, I loved Hank Pym not being a hero for a while. I thought that was a really cool twist for him. And I really like a lot of the characters who aren't featured in the pack, too. So very, very curious uh, to see like if we get some more of them, maybe. I would really like that. Give me the thing, the Avengers version of the thing. Screw it. And yeah, Sunbird and stuff. Like, yeah, Living Lightning. Hell yeah, let's go. So very excited about that. I'm probably going to have to get that. I love it. So Next up, uh, the Pet Avengers are reassembling for a four-part limited series where they're going to fight Kraven the Hunter. Now, first of all, Making the Pet Adventures fight the Hunter villain is a genius, and I don't know anyone hasn't done it yet, so really, really great. Um, but it's called Marvel Unleashed, and it's going to come from writer Kyle Starks and, art, and artist Jesus Hervas, which is going to launch on August 23rd. Um, I love this idea. I really think it's a really cool, fun idea. Um, and yeah, so like I like the Pet Adventures. It's fun. It's Throg. You guys know we love Throg. We talk about Throg constantly here, so... Let me know if you guys are excited about this as well as I am, or am I just an outlier? So, Next up, uh, my jealousy is in full effect here because Marvel is going to be hosting a real-life Hellfire Gala at San Diego Comic-Con. I'm so annoyed. <laughs> I want to be there so bad. But it, it, a trip to San Diego is not in the books for me this year. So uh, I, if you're going, please let me know what it's going to be like. I, I'm very excited. Send me the pictures of how you're going to dress up. I will be so, so anticipatory to see this and God, I want to be there so bad. Just, yeah. Yeah. Very jealous, but I just want to make sure I throw it out there in case you're going to San Diego Comic-Con. Make sure you keep an eye out for that as well. Next up, a couple really cool, like, um, resurrection moments. Uh, so Marvel is coming back with, uh, an omnibus for the Micronauts, which was based on a Hasbro toy, of course, but was with Marvel for a long time. Uh, so they're going to be doing a omnibus version of the Micronauts, which is going to include uh, the Micronauts 1 through 29, as well as the first two annuals and Micronauts special edition. Um, that's really cool. But they also announced they're going to be doing an omnibus for Rom the Space Knight, which is another, again, Hasbro book. And both of these characters are actually have a pretty big impact on the marvel universe if you read the comics you know that and so it's really really cool i really enjoy this and 
I, I definitely want to get the ROM one. I'm not sure about the Micronauts one because, again, I got to kind of pick and choose how much I spend on comics these days. But but it's really cool, and I'm really excited about that. So if you guys remember those, if you have any uh, fond memories of those, please let me know. I'm very curious to see if I'm the only old person on, associated with this show. <laughs> and that's all the news I have this week. Uh, not a lot to really go over. So we're going to start talking about our comics. And as always, you all know, when we start with comics, we don't start with bangs. We start with booms. Boom Studios is our first publisher. And I'm going to start with The Expanse, Dragon Tooth number two. Now, for those who don't remember, I'm a gigantic fan of The Express or The Expanse. Um, it's one of my favorite books. It's one of my favorite television series. Like everything about it is one of my favorites. And so I've been really anticipating this comic, especially because I kickstarted the graphic novel. So with issue two, I'm really liking it. And I really feel like they're sticking very loyal to the characters that are that we're very familiar with. Uh, written by Andy Diggle, illustrated by Rubin, and with assistance by David Cabeza, colored by Ray Rowe Angulo, and letter by Pat Brousseau. Um, it does introduce a, like a new antagonist that I think is going to be here for the comic, the comic series, of course. And I'm here for that, too. I think that's really cool. I think um, it helps you tell a contained story. It, it helps you do things that people wouldn't expect, necessarily. Um, because you know, it's, it's not expected. It's, it's, he's somebody who doesn't have a past. It's not someone we have any expectations for. So I, I'm really excited about that. I think that's going to be really cool. Um, make sure to check it out. It's been really cool. And if you get a chance, pick up the trade because the trade already looks beautiful from everything I've seen and I cannot wait to receive it. So my next book for boom is, uh, Harrower number four and, Oh boy, this this is the finale, and it ended amazingly. Written by Justin Jordan, illustrated by Bram Ravel, letter by Pat Brousseau, and it was created by Justin and Bram as well. Um, so this is that teen slasher with the the serial killer killing all the kids in this school and or, or in this town, I should say. And it comes to this really weird climactic ending that's about like small town uh, tradition and just just this gruesome religious like context to it and it's just it's so uncomfortable but in a good way um i love a good like spooky book that is uncomfortable in a good way that's like one of my one of my keys and i really really like the harrower uh it only went four issues but i I thought it was a really good uh run so make sure to pick it up if you get a chance to get the trade or the individuals i think you will really really enjoy it um it's it was a great ride so thank you so much for that and finally uh, the Neighbors, Issue 3. Uh, this one is written by Jude Ellison S. Doyle, art by Letizia Caranici, colored by Alessandro Santaro, and letter by Becca Carey. I love the dread that's building here. Um, I There's a, like, a certain type of um, like horror, but not horror, like thriller, where one person is kind of watching their world fall apart around them, seeing the people that love being replaced, and just like there's a certain dread there that I really, really enjoy. And this book is type tapping into it really well. There's some really great sinister imagery too, like um like the young girl being taller than the father, like and she never was, and she's like looming over him in this almost like raven like way. It's really good. And it really this issue more than the others has really led me to be thinking, like, where is this going? Like, what is the potential here? And uh yeah, like where's the where are we going? What's the ending? 
what's the end point, I guess is what I'm saying. And in, in a good way, I think it's like intrigued me. Um, really great. I really highly recommend this book. It's been uh, very, very creepy. And Letizia's art is always just amazing. So if I could recommend uh, that, I think you guys would really enjoy it. So next up, let's talk about Scout Comics. And I only got one Scout book for the week. It's Drexler, number one. Uh, this has been on my list for a couple weeks now because it keeps um, popping up on my app telling me it's coming out, but it kept getting like different dates. But I was very excited to get this one. Written by Bob Sally. Uh, art by Nathan Kelly. Colors by Marco Pagnata and lettered by HDE. Uh, this one's really cool. It's, um, I guess you could call it an alien invasion story, uh, but it, it has a lot more similar with monster movies too. Like it, it really straddles that line really well. And you don't get a ton of answers right off the bat to actually acknowledge what it is. There's also a murder mystery element to it. So I love that Scout puts out these books that really straddles all these different genres. And this is just the next one. I mean, Scout has put out some of my favorite books lately, and I really, really appreciate that. So, um, yeah, loved it. Um, definitely pick it up, Drexler number one. I really enjoyed it. It's definitely going to the sub box along with basically every other Scout book I read. So I'm glad to get it. I also want to mention that uh, I did get the uh, a preview copy of the new By the Horns, but I haven't had a chance to read it yet. So if Marquisan's listening, I promise it'll be on the next episode. Next up is Dynamite Comics. And my only Dynamite book of the week is Darkwing Duck number five. Uh, of course, written by Amanda Debert, art and color by Carlo Loro, and letter by Jeff Eckleberry. Um, I, I really liked this one <laughs> because, like, okay, so I'm kind of a cliche. I know I am, so it's fine. It is what it is. But, um... I have, I'm a sucker for basically anything water, <laughs> anything with a surfing, like anything like that. I, I am very much a sucker for it. So with the Darkwing Duck series, it's been a while and we um, finally got to my favorite Darkwing Duck villain, uh, the Liquidator, which I really like him. And so they get to have a little fun fight. Um, I like his design. It's very Disney while also being fitting the theme very well. I think it's really cool. Um, unfortunately it doesn't take up the whole story. There's like an overarching story and he's just like a B villain, but it's fine. I still like, (laughs) but yeah, it's really cool. It's very much like the last arc setting up the next issue there. There it's definitely going to be more of a continuing, um, narrative between issues, which I really like. And I've just been really loving this run. Uh, Darkwing Duck is one of my favorite cartoons as a kid, probably second only to tailspin. And, uh, just to have it come back as a comic is great. Um, if I could get a tailspin comic, if anyone's listening, Amanda, if you're listening and you have any pull, I would really, really like that. So yeah, tailspin comic, please. Thank you. And next up is dark horse. And my only dark horse book of the week is blue book. Number four, of course, written by James Tynan, the fourth art by Michael Avon Oming and letter by Aditya Bidikar. Um, in the last issue, we got the point of view of the husband. At this time, we get the wife. And let's just say she remembers a lot more. And it gets really interesting. And there's like a lot of, um, there's a lot more detail about her abduction than the, the husband's. And I found that really fascinating. And 
it, it, it obviously this is based on a true abduction. So, I, you know, I don't want to talk plot points and things like that. This is based on information that was actually given, but I thought it was really well told. And the communication with the other beings is very interesting. So highly recommend this. I actually really have been enjoying it. I know Hosway's, it's one of Josue's favorites and he got to meet, uh, meet James um, when he, the, he went to go watch the movie and everything. And I, I just think that's really cool. And Definitely a great book. If you're into the alien investigation stuff, it's, it's going to be right up your alley. So check it out. And next is What Not Publishing. Uh, my What Not book for the week is Griffin Galaxy's Most Wanted number two. Uh, I want to thank the the uh, the writer, uh, Ben, who has been really, really cool. Uh, I should run through the creative team real quick before I get into that. Script by Ben Conn. Art and colors by Bruno Hidalgo. Color assistance by James Penafiel. And letter by Sal Cipriano. Um, sent an advanced copy because Josue was not able to get a, get a copy of it for us both to read and then Josue wasn't able to be here this week so unfortunately he's not able to give his opinion on Griffin but I'll definitely get him to do so on the next episode I really love this book um, for those who don't remember it's it's like a, a sci-fi like um, adventure story but done with a really great sense of humor and it's it's like a ragtag team built up of different characters. And this one really focuses on uh, Griffin's main love, love interest, who is also a insanely smart scientist who's able to just invent things. He gets a lot of spotlight in this issue. He's not the main focus, but he is a main, he's the main focus of at least the first half, I would say. And I really like the character. I don't know what it is with me and, you know, intellectuals who are, you know, aren't as smart as they think they are, maybe. <laughs> but that's definitely one of my types. And um, it's just really cool. And then I, I really like the dynamic of all four of the main characters and how they're building together. I love, I love the saving the planet aspect, but also like there's like a begrudgingness to it because it's not something. It, 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 they're not doing it for the right reasons, but they're doing the right thing, and I, I really like it. And it's just really funny. I love the art; it's very well drawn. Uh, I love a lot of the actions; really good, and just some of the facial expressions are just amazing like uh, i just specifically griffin's facial expressions really make me happy i'm looking at one page specifically and it's just the wide variety of facial expressions griffin has is just absolutely great so highly recommend this from whatnot check it out we will be following this until it's done i promise so next up idw and i only got two idw books this week First off is the finale of Dead Seas, number six. Written by Kevin Scott, art by Nick Brokenshire, letter by Sean Lee. Uh, for the reminder, this is the one with the um with like basically the oil tanker in the middle of the ocean where they're gathering the ectoplasm from ghosts and the ghosts can't leave because they can't cross water. And yeah, it's um it comes to a very, very interesting ending that I enjoyed. A very kind of sad ending. I'm not going to lie. It's it's kind of a depressing ending, but I think it was well told. I think it's an inevitable kind of story, and I think it's, I think the sadness is offset with a really nice, sweet ending. And I can't get into more without getting into spoilers, and I don't really want to. Let's just needless to say, not everybody gets out. Um, you usually have that kind of thing when you're talking about ghosts and monsters and stuff. And there's a really cool heroic sacrifice that I really enjoyed. I thought it was really cool. So, um. Well done. I really enjoyed this run. I thought it was really cool. And I, um, you know, I, I, I love everything Kevin Scott does. Uh, so it's, you know, 
I'm kind of a sucker for this stuff, but I fully recommend if you like a ghost story, this is a really good one to pick up. And my other IDW book, Saturday Morning Adventures, Dungeons and Dragons number three. Um, I've kind of been loving this so much. Uh, written by David M. Boer, Pencils and Inks by George Cabadeus, Colors by Josh Bircham, and Letter by Ed Dukeshire. Um, yeah, this just is such a flashback to my childhood, and I love it. It's just absolutely amazing. Um, the, the main thing I want to take away from this, unfortunately, is that I think the next issue is the final issue, and that sucks because I've been really enjoying this. I mean, I've talked about Sheila a hundred times because I was in love with her as a child, but like, I love every character. They're really great. Uh, Presto is kind of a little jerk, which I always really liked. Uh, <laughs> again, uh, intellectual who thinks he's smarter than he is. I always tend to like them for some reason. Um, but yeah, it also features uh, several classic in, uh, creatures in this one and um, a little uh, mind control fight, uh, you know, hero against hero, which is always a and d classic. I love that. Um, it's just been a blast. And uh, once again, I well, it proves once again for me that George Comedias is one of the most underrated artists in comics right now. Um, it's only a matter of time before he starts working for the big two. If he wants to, I don't know if he wants to, maybe he wants to do exactly what he's doing. If he is great, but I absolutely love George's art and it fits so great. It's, it's kind of a superstar team. It's people that I love and I just, I cannot recommend this enough for D and D, um, D fans. If you're a fan of the old cartoon, if you're not, you'll still enjoy it. Uh, give it to your children. You know, they will probably enjoy it even without the context. I think they'll really, really like it. And now, Image comic books. Uh, so I got a couple image books this week. First of all, Kaya number eight. Uh, store art designed by Wes Craig, colors by Jason Wordy, and letter by Tom Napolitano from Anne World. Um, yeah, so the uh, the robot king got uh, Kaya's brother and is running away with him, and they're quickly in chase. And it's all about the complications they have trying to catch up. And a lot of focus on the brother and the bad guys in this one, which I thought was really cool. This is obviously some tension in the bad guy ranks, which I think was an interesting choice. Uh, really enjoying that as well. This has been such a great adventuring book. And it's also something like, even though it does get a little dark, I think it's something that a lot of children could really enjoy. Um, I think it's really good. There's a lot of sibling dynamics. And the art is just screams like something that all ages could really, really like. So highly recommend this um i would put it along something like john on the impossible monsters like at that kind of level like really enjoyable for everybody so if that sounds like something that's good for you or for a child in your life kaya number eight just pick up kaya from the beginning <laughs> i promise it's good and next up is indigo children number three score story and script by kurt pyers and rockwell white line art by alex dioto uh color art by d Cunniff. letters by hassan atzmani elhau um they recruit another indigo. I don't want to get too much into this one because it's, you know, th- there's a lot of mystery behind this. There's a lot of like reveals and it's not something I want to get into, but this other indigo, I really enjoy her already. Yes, her and um, her background and what happened to her is different than the others. And it's, it's really interesting in a grim way, but also, you know, it, it definitely brings up some questions. It, it, it's definitely something that would require some thought and some introspection and I really like it. We also get another Indigo reveal, and uh, yeah, I'm very curious to see where he ends up, uh, is what I'll say. Don't want to get too much into it, but yeah. Uh, next up is Radiant Pink, 
Now, this is one of the few books that Josue did get a chance to read and talk to me about, uh, and he really enjoyed it. So I just want to pass that on. But written by um, Megan Camarina and Melissa Flores, art by Emma Kubert, colors by Rebecca Nolte, and letter by Becca Carey. This is Radiant Pink 5 of 5. Um, they're home, basically. They get home, and then there's the complications of... It's almost like when you're on vacation and you start dating somebody on vacation, and then you get home, and the reality of everything sets in. And, you know, are they... Do they fit into your life? You know what I mean? Do, does your family like them does your friends like them do they do they like your family do they like your friends you know it's you know there's there's a certain rose colored glasses that eventually fall off and you have to determine if this is what you want or not add to that you have superpowers and so do they (laughs) so it's very complicated i really enjoyed radiant pink it's been really a lot of fun to read and um it's a really fun enjoyable character i love the art i'm a big amy hubert fan so that that's part of it but yeah, sad to see it go. Um, I do love how frequently these characters are all getting minis or other shots. I really, really like that because a lot of these characters I really enjoy. Um, and I hope to see more of her soon. Um, maybe in a crossover. Just throw that out there. Uh, speaking of crossovers, Supermassive 2023. Uh, this one is so good because they did one last year and they did one again this year. And uh, it's kind of similar in that they're like, Let's put all of our characters together. And I think that's really cool. So, written by Kyle Higgins, Ryan Parrott, Melissa Flores, and Matt Groom. Illustrated by Daniel DiNucchio, colored by Walter Biamonte, and lettered by Becca Carey. Um, this one does see a team up of uh, both Radiant Blacks, um, also Dead Lucky, and Rogue Sun. And yeah, it's really good. And there's also a hidden other property, I guess I would say. Uh, that is part of the reveal at the end that I thought was really cool um, to ma- to tie this character to another character, one that I thoroughly love. So um, this was a really well-told story, and it definitely uh, furthers the stories of each individual character as they go on. For instance, Rogue Son being possessed, um, they definitely sense something's wrong with him, but they you know they can't prove it. They don't know him well enough to know that it's a problem or anything. Like that. They're just like, well, you're different. Plus, it's not the one they know. They knew the dad. Um dead lucky and kind of like the odd relationship she has working within the system now as well as her powers and how they match drain out of her and then the radiant blacks of course sharing that power they can't do it it's just not possible and so there's like the question of how much longer can this go that's really well done in, in bouncing those three stories as well as an overarching story within this book itself so uh if you're a friend of the Massiverse, I just recommend it highly. Everything Kyle Higgins has been doing with the Massiverse has been such a revelation. And it's so welcome because as someone who loves superhero books, I don't want my only superhero books coming from DC and Marvel. I want other universes to explore. And this one is amazing. So I really, really respect it. And I just want more of it. More and more and more. So definitely. Um, next up is DC. And my first DC book is DC Ruby, number four. Uh, written by Marguerite Bennett. Art by Sue Lee. Colors by Maurice Louise. And letter by Morgan Martinez. Um, yeah, it's continuing the story of the Ruby characters in the DC universe. And um, there's an extended period on Themyscira. And then they get just teleported to Metropolis against their will. Where they have a confrontation with Lex Luthor. 
And we find out a bit more about like why this is all happening and, and the connections between the worlds. Um, really interesting. Doesn't look like Lex is the big bad of the story, which makes sense. I think it's really cool. I really enjoy it. Um, I like all the Ruby characters, so it's never, you know, a disappointment. I do kind of wish that Team Juniper was here because I love them too, but, you know, it is what it is. So, uh, but really enjoying it. If you're a Ruby fan, always worth a pickup. Next up is Justice Society of America number four. Seems like it's been a month or two since we've gotten one of these. Um, so this one is the one with Huntress, uh, Helena Wayne, Huntress, uh, traveling through time, fixing all these or trying to save all these justice societies from getting killed. Uh, written by Jeff Johns, art by Mikhail John and Jerry Ordway, colors by Jordi Belair and John Calise, and letter by Rob Lay. Um, I really like this one. I thought it was really cool. It's her, her mostly with the classic JSA in this issue. And um, I love those characters. Also, I, I should just mention this. The the new Doctor Fate helmet with, with the, the vertical striping, I just think is so cool. Like, I just think that's a great design. Uh, I know this didn't originate from this book, but I just have to shout it out because I really, really, really like it. So, um, I also really like the Power Girl uh, Helena dynamic, which was always a great dynamic in comics and continues to be so in this one. So, really, really enjoying that. And yeah, a pretty cool, shocking end where Helena makes a pretty important decision. And I'm curious to see what everybody thinks about that and where that's going to go. So, yeah, good stuff. Really great stuff. Next up is Green Arrow number two. Um, this has potential to be my DC book of the year so far because I just love the Arrow family way more than the Bat family for some reason. Written by Joshua Williamson, art and co- cover by Sean Exoxy, uh, interior and co- color covers by Rami Lafarge Jr., letter by Troy Pateri. Um, I just, I just think that I think Ollie's more fun than Batman. I guess is part of it. Um, I love the family interactions. I love him like with another speedy basically which i think is great he just keeps getting new speedies um and there's so much emphasis on the family almost in a way like wayne family adventures on webtoons is just it's all about the family it's all about them wanting to be together again and you know roy plays a substantial part which is always good for me because i love roy yeah just a great book and i cannot wait i want them to all be together i want to see what they would do as a family and it's uh, highly enjoyable. What a, like mm, we've waited a long time for a good Green Arrow book, and I'm very excited to have one. So, next up is Harley Quinn 30, uh, written by Teeny Howard, art and colors by Sweeney Boo, letters by Steve Wands. Um, it is continuing the Harley Quinn story. I like that it shows uh, basically when she when she took the fish from the multiverse. It was from Captain Carrot, and there's an extended intro, extended dramatic intro about the effects of that. That I really, really liked. I thought it was very fun. Um, yeah, I just, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I like Harley as a teacher too. I think it's a cool dynamic and makes her very interesting. I'm a little worried that one of her students is just going to turn into a bad guy like her, trying to be like her. Um, I don't think I'd like that twist, but other than that, I really, really enjoyed the, the teacher relationship. I think she's really great. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, also, there's a backup story at the end that I really enjoyed as well uh, that you should check out. And uh, it is in continuity. It makes it very clear it's a dream. Um, but this one is actually written by Nicole Maines, who I really like, and art and colors by Mindy Lee with Hassan doing the lettering. So Harley Quinn 30, really great. <laughs> Next up is Action Comics, number 1055. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mentioned earlier that I've been reading all the Superman books and liking them. 
Here's one of them. Uh, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, art by Rafa Sandoval, colored by Matt Herms, and letter by Dave Sharp. Um, it features the return of, let's just say, okay, so we're coming out of the, the anniversary of the death of Superman. And uh, one of my favorite uh, podcasts and the show I've guested on several times, uh, Men of Steel with Case and J. Mike, we talked about the death of Superman a bit and stuff and had a really, really good time. Well, now the four replacement Superman that are coming in, they're all coming in into this story. And I think that's really, really cool, including this one, The Eradicator, which is really great. So um, great story. I love, the again, the Superman family. And maybe I just really like DC families. And maybe that's what it is. But I think it's been really, really enjoyable. Um, and Metallo being such a tragic figure, I think is really great as well. So been really good. I'm, I'm, I, I wouldn't say it's my favorite Superman book, of the Clark books, I think uh, the actual Superman run is my favorite, but I've really enjoyed this too. They've all been really good, fantastically good. So, yeah, if you're a fan of Superman or if you think you could be a fan of Superman, this is a great book to pick up. And this just this whole reset of the Superman story has just been so good. Uh, turned a non-fan into a fan, and that's me. And I read a lot of comics, so. <laughs> Next up is Static Number 4, Shadows of Dakota. Um this one is really, really good. I'm really enjoying what, uh, well, creative team written by Nicholas Dripper Ivy and Vita Ayala with art by Nicholas Dripper Ivy, um, colors by Will Quintana and letters by Ann Um, what they're doing with this character and how they are portraying these, these, the world that they're in. And there's a certain interaction with a police officer that I was like, yes, hell yeah. I love that. It was definitely empowering. It wasn't cliche. I thought it was really well done. Um, I, I love Static just cruising around. Like, I've always loved Static cruising around. I always thought he looked really cool. I always loved his costume. I thought it was one of the best costumes of comics. And we definitely see him come up against the Blood Syndicate. And, like, there's going to be some tension there. And I think that's cool. I think it's a really great way to go. Um, highlight all of Milestone and everything. So, really great. Um, definitely, if you're a fan of the old series or if you just want to pick up a great book, uh, Static Seasons 1 and 2 have both been really good. Next up is Dead Boy Detectives number six, or so Sway calls it Pretty Boy Detectives number six. Um, this is the finale of the series, and yeah, it definitely comes to an end. Holy crap. Written by Pornsak Pachote, penciled by Jeff Stokely, inked by Craig Telefer and Jeff Stokely, close by Macomb Muerto, and letter by Hassan Atsmani El Hau. Uh, yeah, they have to make a climactic decision uh, with Thessaly. I just, I once again want to further reiterate my absolute adoration for Thessaly. A complicated and sometimes very evil character. I just love her so much. So I, I loved this. I thought it was really well done. And it was a good ending. And uh, an ending that makes me want to see more. I, I really do want to see more of these characters from where they leave off. So um, I recommend, um, like I said, Sandman's big right now with the show and two series going on. So make sure to check it out. It's well worth your time. Next up is a number one city boy. Number one. Uh, oh man. I love this book so much written by Greg pack, uh, art by McHugh Jung colors by Sunny go and letter by Wes Abbott. Um, I just want to say that I give DC crap sometimes for their lack of diversity. Um, they have made, they have done an amazing month of AAPI month. Uh, between Spirit World, between uh, City Boy, and between The Vigil. just they, 
You know, it's one thing to do variant covers. It's another thing to introduce brand new books and brand new characters. And I, they all hit. They're all different and they all hit very well. Uh, City Boy might even be my favorite of all of them because I absolutely love the character design. Like, it's just so cool. I love the powers. The powers are cool as hell. Um, it's just so well done. And it's it's really like, I don't know, like relatable, but also really good. And like, I love I love the way Greg Pack always writes anyways. So that's part of it. Um, it's just very well told. And I, I want him to be a bigger part of the universe, just like I did Monkey Prince. It's going to be, he's going to be the future. And I really love this character quite a bit. I really want Josue to read this. So when he gets back, I will make him read it. So definitely check out City Boy. It's fantastic. As well as the others I mentioned, The Vigil is really, really good. Um, they're just they're all just really good books. They're great. So check them out. And my final DC book of the week is Nightwing 104. Featuring the best cover ever. It's the meme. It's that meme. You look at it, you'll know what I'm talking about. I got that cover. Um, so <laughs> written by Tom Taylor. Art by Travis Moore. Colors by Adriana Lucas. And a letter by Wes Abbott. And this is all about the Titans wrapping up the the fate of the young child that they're protecting and what they can do. And I thought it was really well told. I thought it was really cool. I also love the idea because Nightwing has these temporary powers. And it's what he does with these powers. You know, if he gets this, you know, hook free, like hook free chance to use them. He does the most good he can during the time he can. And I still maintain that Dick is the is the center of the DC universe. Like, forget your trinities. It's Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson's the most important character. And he's the future and everything like that. Future state Gotham notwithstanding. <laughs> so um but yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. And I, I love the um I love the interplay with all the Titans. I love how much they're featuring in Nightwing, even though it's not the Titans book, they're also featured there. So I think it's cool having these two two stories or two books telling the same story. Um, it's not something DC's always been great at, but I think they're doing a really good job so far. So yeah, Nightwing 104, very, very good. And finally, we're moving on to our final publisher of the week, which is Marvel Comics. And uh, got a couple, so we'll go through them together. Star Wars The Higher Republic number 10. Another book written by Kevin Scott. Once again, I said I like everything Kevin Scott does. Art by Ario Nandito, colors or inks by Mark Morales, colors by Frank William, letters by Ariana Mayer. Um, this does wrap up the story here. Um, although we do get a message that they will return, so that's good. But it's the the Battle of Jeddah and what's going on with these dark force or, or dark side uh, force artifacts, and you know, bringing each other back from the brink and you know being a family you know finding find found family which is again one of my favorite cliches i really enjoy it i love i absolutely love the high republic and i really wish more or i should say marvel and disney should do more with this um i'm loving the books i'm loving the comics they're all great but there needs to be more um i would like a tv show even if it's animated i'd like movies <laughs> so but um i also don't want too much of a good thing but i think a lot of people are missing out on how great these are with it just being text. So um, please buy this. I want this to succeed. I want this to be everything. Give me a video game. Give me a strategy. Uh, yeah, a turn-based strategy game based on the High Republic. I'm down. 
Next up, Warlock Rebirth number two. I won't be too long on this one because not a ton happened in this issue. Um, but it was written by Ron Mars, pencil by Ron Lim, inked by Don Ho, colored by Romulo Farha Jr., letter by Joe Sabino. It's continuing the story with Eve Warlock and Warlock recovering. It does reveal the big bad as the high evolutionary. And there's a pretty extended part with Doctor Strange that I thought was really interesting. I'm curious to see what's going to happen there. Uh, there's been a lot of these Marvel flashback books lately. And, um, you know, it's it's cool, but I, I, w- I would like more stuff in modern continuity. But I thought this one was a good example of being a, a good book and really enjoyable. So, Next up, Fury, number one. Uh, I love this book. Written by Al Ewing. Art by Scott and Cam Smith, Tom Riley, Adam Kubert, Ramon Rosanis, and Colors by Jordi Belair and Letter by Joe Carmagna. It tells multiple stories of Nick Fury, both Nick Furies, throughout the years, centered around this character, Scorpio. Um, I thought it was really fun. I, I really like it. I love Nick Fury Jr. a lot. I really think he's cool. I like the inherent goofiness of old Nick Fury with the Zodiac keys and stuff. I thought it was really cool. Um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyable book. And um, definitely catches up to what the Furies are up to. And going into the year where we're going to see the Secret Invasion TV show, I think this is an interesting choice to have this out here. So maybe this will play into it. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Next up is Daredevil and Echo number one. Uh, written by Taboo and B. Earl, one of our favorite writing teams. Uh, art by Phil Noto. Letters by Clayton Cowles. Um, this book is already really good. It, it is set in modern continuity, although there are some flashbacks to the 1800s. But it is set after Echo loses the Phoenix Force, which is, you know, a pretty big, significant thing. You know, you're the one of the most powerful beings in the universe, and now you're not. And um, I, I do love Street Level Echo as a character. Um, I, I think she's great. I, she, ever since they introduced her, she's been one of my favorite characters. So um, this is really cool to see them team up. And uh, I always thought they were a great duo, like together. I think their stories are always intriguing. There's um, a pretty cool last page reveal. I'm very curious to see where we're going to go. And how to tie these flashbacks more into the central story. So uh, definitely worth a pickup. Um, as I said, Phil Noto doing the art is just that alone. <laughs> what else do I need to tell you? So along with that, we got Hellcat number three, uh, written by Christopher Cantwell, art by Alex Lenz, color by Keji Diaz, and letter by Ariana Mayer. I'm loving this book. Um, I love Patsy quite a bit. She's a really, really cool character. And this book is really exploring her deeply. Uh, her as a character, her as a person. And I think they're doing a great job of that and how she's not so perfect. And, you know, as a character who, you know, outdates most Marvel characters, she's been around longer. Um, it's really curious to get, see her get this character development and to kind of reframe everything we know about her from her childhood and everything. So I'm really enjoying it. I love the magical touch of everything um, with Damon and with, Hel- with, um, uh, with uh, Blackheart and even Sleepwalker. It's just been a really cool, like, cast of characters. And I'm so... I'm, I want to see where we're going to go. Um, I, I want to see where Patsy's going to end up and what she's going to go through. It's it's an intriguing book, and it definitely drew, drew me in. So I recommend it on that alone. But also the art's just incredible. It's just such a good character. Like, I love her. So definitely check it out. Hellcat number three. And next is Thor... 34 
uh, written by Torin Gronbeck, art or pencils by Juan Gideon and Sergio Davila, inked by Juan Gideon and Sean Parsons, colored by Matt Wilson, a letter by Joe Sabino. Uh, I love this. There's like a family reunion, basically, <laughs> like three generations of Thor's family come together, which is fun. Um, it leans into the Thanos of it all. There's the Death Stone. There's a mysterious young child who no one knows who she is originally. Like, it's really cool. It's very mythological. It's definitely leaning towards the future of the the 616 universe. We still have that ominous shot of Thanos with the Infinity Hammer that we still don't know when that's coming. So I, I've really enjoyed this run. I, re- I really like Torn Grunbeck on the, the Norse characters, specifically the Valkyries in the past, but I'm enjoying this run on Thor too. I think they're doing a really, really great job. So uh, definitely pick it up. Thor has been a highlight book for Marvel and we've been really enjoying it. And now to swing over to the streets of New York for some Spider-Man books. Uh, Spider-Man 2099 Dark Genesis number four. These books are coming out once a week, so it's been really great. I don't have to remind myself of what's happening. Written by Steve Orlando, art by Justin Mason, colors by Antonio Fabella, letter by Cordy Petit. Um, So all these heroes are coming together to try to defeat Carnage. And we actually get a very brief bit with Daredevil 2099, which I really liked. (laughs) Uh, Really cool. But um, yeah, so Carnage is incredibly powerful and is resisting everything they're doing. Even Ghost Rider 2099 tries his best. Um, but it's been really, really good. Um, I'm loving seeing all these characters. 2099 is always a setting that has always intrigued me. It's something that I've always enjoyed. Um, if you listen to the show, you know that. Um, but this one's really, really um, a different kind of story. It's it's really kind of grim. Um, it's got the Venom and Carnage symbiotes. Um, I really like the use of Moon Knight 2099 as well. A lot of a lot of interesting stuff, and definitely building what looks to be a future for 2099. I don't know if Marvel has many plans beyond this point for them, but it feels like they do. And I think that's a really cool move because it's just a really cool setting. (laughs) Like as a child of the nineties, I loved it. So definitely more of this, please. And next one of the, I think the best Spidey books being made right now, Hollow's Eve number three, uh, written by Erica Schultz, art by Michael Dowling, colors by Brian Reber and letter by Joe Caramagna. I love this book about Janine and her her alter identity and these masks and there's so much mystery behind it and I love the way she's approaching everything, how she wants to do the right thing, but she's she's not necessarily a good guy, but she's trying her best and I really enjoy it. I I really, really like this so much. I think um there's a lot of potential for this character. And I definitely think it's something that should extend beyond a mini and should extend beyond just becoming a, an occasional villain for Spider-Man. I think there's more there, and I really hope Marvel recognizes this. I know Josue agrees with me on that. Um, so definitely check out Hollow Z. What a great character. I, I cannot stress that enough. It's been great. I also want to talk very briefly about Carnage Reigns Alpha. This came out two weeks ago, but I didn't pick it up at the time, and I finally picked it up, and I just wanted to quickly give it a shout-out. It, it's really, really good. I'm really enjoying Carnage Reigns I've already read part two, so it was weird to go back to part one. But um, yeah, it's really good. And I love that Miles is the center of it. Uh, so definitely pick it up. We are going to be following the whole um, the whole crossover, I decided. So written by Alex Pacnadel and Cody Ziglar. Art by Julius Ulta. Colored by Eric Garcinega. And a letter by Corey Petit. And there's several other backup stories with various creative teams that you could check out as well. It's a big, thick buddy. So yeah, check that out. 
And finally, we end our trip with a trip to Krakoa. Excellent. Number three. Uh, <laughs> written by Peter Milligan, art by Michael Allred, colored by Laura Allred, and letter by Nate Picos of Blambot. Um, this issue is told from the complete and utter perspective of Docs, the the robot who is doxing everybody. And I really, it's fun. It's very fun. This book has been really insane. And I love how much it's leaned, leaned into the the public image is the most important thing. What they think of us is important. And I thought this was a lot of fun. Um, it also features a shocking death that I did not expect. And I'm really kind of annoyed by it because I really like that character. Um, so I don't know. I, I think it, it's a bummer, but it's a character I really enjoyed. And, uh, but that, I mean, that's, that's what excellent ecstatics and all that has been is just killing characters. I love so uh, really, really liking it. Um, yeah. I'm curious to see what's going to happen. <laughs> just just check it out. It's great. Next up is Storm Number 1, another flashback book. Uh, this one written by Anna Sinti, color, or art by Sid Cotian, colored by Andrew Dahlhaus, and letter by Ariana Mayer. Um, I like this one. Um, there, It is uh, the period of time where Kitty Pride was kind of an insufferable little brat. And Kitty's one of my favorite X-Men, so it's kind of, you know, that's kind of sucks. But other than I really enjoy the book, it's it's in character and stuff. It's just like, oh, yeah, she was kind of shitty once she. <laughs> um, but it's about Storm and uh, introduce someone who could be a new love interest that I really like, um, but is most likely going to be a bad guy, unfortunately. Um, there's also a great scene where this chick just blatantly hits on, on Nightcrawler, which I'm like, yeah, everybody should hit on Nightcrawler. He's great. Um, but yeah, I really enjoy this. And I love this era of Storm, this era the just became the leader of the Morlocks has a um, Mohawk storm. I think she's really cool. So it's a great era to go back to. So definitely check it out. It's it's a worthy addition to the flashback catalog Marvel's been putting out. After that is Bishop War College number four. Um, <laughs> I love this book. It's so fun. Um, so this book is written by Jay Holtham. Pencil by Sean Damien Hill and Victor Nava with art by Alberto Foce, color by Espen Grutzinger, and letter by Travis Lanham. Uh, I love that this is like, the whole plot of this was Bishop trains the next generation of X-Men and they did that for half a book and then they haven't seen each other since. I, I, I totally mean that I love it in a positive way. It's great. It's absolutely insane. This other world the Bishop is on is great. It leads us to a bunch of alternate versions of the X-Men and alternate Wolverine is revealed and I absolutely love him. It looks ridiculous and I love him so much. Um, it's been really interesting and it is about how Orcus is really consolidating their power. And it seems like they're appearing in like every book right now, Orcus. And that makes me very worried with fall of X coming up. You guys know I'm very paranoid about fall of X. So, um, but it's, it's, it's really good. It's really great. The art is just top notch and I, I really like it. I think it's really cool. So make sure to check it out. I think this might be one issue left. I think it said, so it's going to be ending very soon. Next up and our final book of the week, is New Mutants Lethal Legion number three. Uh, written by Charlie Jane Anders, penciled by Anid Balam, inked by Elisabetta D'Amico, colored by Matt Meehan, lettered by Travis Lanham. Yeah, so uh, the whole thing with Nefaria falls apart, and our heroes are desperate to, you know, get out of there and uh, do the right thing and stop the bad guy and all that stuff, as you would. But uh, they find something, and it's definitely not a happy thing. <laughs> and basically long story short they they are going to be walking around with the bomb for a while essentially and yeah it kind of like changes up how they're going to do things 
Uh, the original New Mutants show up to you know help them at least. That's really good. And then um, the bad guys call in some backup, including one of my favorite villains of all time. And I'm very excited to see, uh, I'll just say it's Moonstone. As a huge Thunderbolts fan, I love Moonstone. Carla's great. And I love that her first line is, what's up, losers? I'm like, yeah, that's about right. So really enjoying this. Um, I, I I was hesitant about New Mutants Lethal Legion at first because I was like, why is it called Lethal Legion? It doesn't need to be just called New Mutants. It's fine. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And we'll see. I mean, with Fall of X coming up, who knows what's going to happen. So, <sighs> But that's all the books that I read this week um, as far as comics go. Uh, I also recently started Guards, Guards by Terry Pratchett, a book I've read before, but I've been listening to all the new audiobooks as they come out, and I'm really enjoying it. It's great. I love Vimes. He's one of my favorite uh, Discworld characters. I think he's really just an amazing, amazing character. So I've also been reading a lot of D&D books. I've been trying to do some conversions from 3.5 to 5e, and uh, that's been a lot of fun as well, trying to get our new D&D set campaign off the ground which is difficult when you live across the country from your friends so um currently doing that as well and like a lot of skyrim to be honest with you <laughs> so uh hopefully we'll be back with us next week uh so make sure to check that out those are the issues that we had this week make sure to check us out on twitter you can find me at whi podcast keith you can find our producer liz at whi podcast liz you can find Josue at Josue reads Josue. you can find the show at whi podcast on there, you'll get an announcement when every episode comes out. Sorry, this episode is a little late this week. As I said, we were trying to work out with Hosea's schedule, but it wasn't happening. So I decided to put out a solo project. Um, but normally, it should be coming out on Saturday mornings. You'll get a tweet announcing that, as well as a list of all the books that came out and timestamps for each individual publisher. Make it as easy as possible for you guys to enjoy the show. Uh, so follow us once again at WHI Podcast on Twitter. Follow our other show at Jukebox Vertigo on or at Jukebox Vertigo on Twitter. Uh, that is our musical playlist building show where every other week, me, Josue, and our co-host Manda put together a musical playlist with some special guests and good friends. Um, the most recent episode that we put out was the roulette, where the category is rolled at the moment. But normally, we have a category decided beforehand. Uh, so make sure to check that out. Also, keep an eye out for our upcoming Pride episode. It should come out sometime in June. As soon as we're able to get it done, it's a lot of work, but it's always a lot of fun. I'm not going to give too many hints, but it's going to be pretty similar to last year, probably. So make sure to check that out. Finally, follow Josue at Josue Plays Josue on Twitch so that you can uh, check out all the games he's been playing, as well as the Listen Party. Every episode of Jukebox Photo comes with a Listen Party, where Josue listens to the entire list that was added, gives his opinions, plays a little Mario Kart. It's always a lot of fun. We're always in the chat. So make sure to check that out. Um, we definitely love doing that. So make sure to follow him again on Josue Plays Josue on Twitch. And that's it for us. Do not forget to, bo- to bag, board, and box your new treasures. And we'll see you next week with a new batch of beautiful books. Uh, stay safe and read more comics. Hey, Nerf Herders. You sure you want to go with that? Hey, everyone? There we go. More inviting. Have you ever had a movie that you really wanted to love, but something holds you back? Or one that you did love in spite of a flaw? Well, I'm Casey. And I'm Sam Alisea. And on another pass, we sit down with cool guests to look at movies that we find fascinating. But flawed. And we try to imagine what could have been done when they were made to give them that little push. 
We're not experts. We just believe in criticism. Uh, constructive criticism. Sure. But come take another pass at some movies with us. And every now and then, we can celebrate movies that did it on their own, too. You can find us at CertainPOV.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Pass it on. <laughs>